0: Hello, and welcome to the Diction Police. I'm your host, Ellen Rissinger, an American vocal coach accompanist on the music staff of the Zemperoper in Dresden, Germany. This is going to be our last episode before taking a break for the holiday season. This is always the busiest time in an opera house, because we have several premieres, one right after another, children's operas, and extra concerts for the season, so things have gotten very hectic around here the past few weeks, and it's been impossible for me to keep up, as you can see. Since the last time we took a break, we had a special edition about something other than diction, I thought this would be another opportunity to branch out a little bit. So, today's topic is about bel canto, in both of its meanings. Bel Canto can be seen as a specific musical style, especially with those pesky coloratura runs and patter where you have to spit out text at the speed of light, or you can view it in the literal translation, which is beautiful singing. The idea for this came to me a few weeks ago when we were doing L'Italiano in Algeri at the Opera House, with our tenor Javier Camarena and Bass Carlo Lepore, both of whom specialize in Bel Canto style of music. I also talked with conductors Henrik Nanashi and Eric Nielsen about what they're looking for from singers. When I was in grad school, probably the most useful classes we had were the ones where we, accompanying majors, would coach singers and then get critique on our coaching. There's one class that I've never forgotten. I coached a good friend on O quante volte from I capoletti I concentrated on the music and trying to get her to sing more bel canto, and after she left, my teacher said to me, I was very surprised that you didn't concentrate on the language. And he was completely right. But remember that I've told you how lazy I was about diction rules? I didn't want to show him so clearly that I didn't know the rules. So I didn't worry about the language. Now, I find that if I pick apart the language in bel Canto Music, the style comes almost automatically. It's much easier to sing legato if you have a perfectly clear idea of what vowels you intend to sing, and legato is imperative to bel canto. And, of course, as soon as I started the Diction Police, I wrote to my teacher and reminded him of that class, and I said that I hope this podcast will make up for that day. As always, the website is www.thedictionpolice.com. Don't forget the the. Our first interview is with Mexican tenor Javier Camarena and Italian basso buffo Carlo Lepore, both of whom specialize in bel canto repertoire. Javier started out his career in Mexico City and is currently fest in Zürich, having also performed at the Vienna Staatsoper, Paris Opera, Cologne, Düsseldorf, Stuttgart, Brussels and Dresden. Carlo has performed all over Europe, including La Scala, Verona, Provence, Las Palmas and Liege, as well as with Houston Grand Opera. He was also the voice of Gaston in the Italian dubbing of Disney's Beauty and the Beast. Carlo felt more comfortable speaking Italian, and rather than translate while we were talking, I wanted to keep the flow going, so after each long section of Italian, I added the translation in. You said to me earlier that the first time you looked at coloratura, you were like, "This isn't this isn't my faq. I'm not doing this."
1: <laughs> sì sì beh certo perché la prima volta che ho sentito cantare diciamo ruoli come Bartolo no il del barbiere ho mm. pensato dico come si fa a fare queste queste frasi così veloci poi, <laughs> poi dopo con l'età con il tempo con l'esperienza diciamo entra nel sangue Finché alla fine viene, viene, prima ho fatto il bartolo delle nozze che è più facile perché ci sono le terzine e poi quello del barbiere con le quartine. Però, insomma, diciamo, bisogna avere esperienza, bisogna aspettare, non bisogna spaventarsi, diciamo, della difficoltà, e io da da ragazzo, insomma, non avevo nulla, avevo soltanto una voce naturale che arrivava al massimo fino al re. Tutta la zona acuta l'ho guadagnata con la tecnica. La tecnica è importante, bisogna studiare ogni giorno, bisogna. però, anche il tempo che fa la sua, eh.
0: Carlo said that the first time he was supposed to sing Bartolo in Barbiere, he thought, how on earth can I do these phrases that are so fast? But with time and experience, it gets into your blood. But it takes experience. You have to wait, and you can't be afraid of the difficulty. When he was young, he couldn't sing higher even than a D. First he had to develop a technique, which he says you should study every day. But that it's also important to take your time. Okay, so when you pick something up now that you have to learn, how do you practice it?
1: ci sono molte cose da, da tenere in conto, diciamo, a seconda anche del tipo di frase da eseguire, però la cosa più importante, diciamo, è non eh, riuscire ad avere un appoggio, un, un appoggio, diciamo, che, che ti consenta, costante e continuo, che ti consenta di fare tutte le note, non nota per nota, diciamo, che, che parte dal diaframma, ma, diciamo, con un unico sostegno tutta l'intera frase.
0: Yeah, so and so not every note is get, gets a gets no, a beat. No,
1: Altrimenti diventa troppo oneroso, è troppo, diciamo, difficoltoso. Right. Però, diciamo, l- l- l'interessante è che, diciamo, nel legare tutte queste note, alla fine si sentano tutte. mm mm-hmm. Ma bisogna legarle, però.
0: There are a lot of things he looks at, but the most important thing is to make sure that the support is engaged. Support will help you keep consistency, so that you can sing every note, not note for note, but in a sustained phrase. If you give every single note weight, it becomes very nervous and difficult. But if you connect every note, in the end you can hear all of them. And Mm. how about you for Javier? Tell us, (laughs) was it sort of the same for you the first time you looked at Coloratura?
2: Of course. When when I began, I I sang most of the time, with was uh, Donizetti, you know, like L'Elizzi, Don Pasquale.
0: Where there's and, actually a uh, little bit of less
2: coloratura. Yeah, yeah, less coloratura is a little bit more of of line, and and you have to do these long phrases and everything. And I I never thought, I never considered, uh, while I was in Mexico, to to this Rossini repertoire. Never in my life. I sang, and I don't remember how. <laughs> I sang uh, Dorville from La Scala di Zeta.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But really, I don't remember because it, it, it was something really, really fast, they asked me, I learned it in one week, I sang just one performance, and uh, I, actually I don't re- even remember the music, so uh, wow. after that, uh, of course, was this idea of, as you said, you know, you, you see the, the most uh, significant uh, opera from Rossini, that is Barbieri Siviglia, mm-hmm. I, I, I was like, I will never, ever going to be able to sing this chromatic scale from the this is, this is crazy I, I was I'm not made for the, for singing this and as soon as I arrived here in Europe, the first thing that they offered me for singing it was a Rossini, and this was Italian, and a so it was like, Ah. Uh, but yeah, it's true. Uh, the time makes, it, uh, makes its own work, and you have to, to, to be very certain and very uh, uh, sure about your technique. Mm-hmm. But I think it's the most important thing when you study or begin to learn a uh, coloratura is that if you want to do the things fast, you have to learn it very, very slow. Mm-hmm. Uh, the beginning, I think it's, it's a matter of, of also of, of, of a lot of discipline and a lot of, of um, how you say this in, uh, in English?
3: Constancia?
2: Yeah, consistency. Consistency also in the study. I, I mean, when you are really, really beginning to, to work a little bit with Rossini, you have to be like, sometimes like a single note, uh, one after other, and then you make a little bit the groups, and then you try to be a, you know, make the bar Double and then phrase. you try to make the phrase yeah you know it 's it's, it's a very, very uh, hard work at the beginning, but then you realize with the time that, that Rossini had a lot, lot of formulas uh, forms you know very very uh, that defines a lot of uh, Rossini, and then it begins to be very, very, very organic, yeah. and uh, you, you also generate this kind of inner uh, emotion uh, that moves you to this coloratura, this is like... Si, because uh,
1: if you do only the notes uh... It doesn't tell you so much. It's what is inside the, the, the phrase that you have to, to follow. Un'altra cosa che volevo aggiungere. Okay. There are two different kinds of uh, speed notes yeah. for the bass voice, especially, no? Cioè <laughs> la coloratura vera e propria,
3: mm-hmm.
1: che sarebbe quella, diciamo, dove di vocalizzo. Mm-hmm. È fatto su delle vocali, quindi diciamo è un canto nobile di agilità. Mm-hmm. E, diciamo l'alidoro della Cenerentola ecco e l'altro invece tipo è quello comico e il sillabato
0: mm-hmm.
1: che prevede diciamo l'utilizzo di una sillaba per ogni per ogni nota
0: exactly ecco
1: questo è c'è una grande differenza fra le due cose yeah. una grande differenza
0: so what Carlo said was that there are two different kinds of fast notes in bel canto the ones that are like a vocalise which we call melisma and they call canto nobile and syllabic where each syllable gets a note, which they call comico. And there's a huge difference between the two. Okay, well then let's talk about getting a word on every note. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> we do get a lot of patter songs in Bel Canto. We patter in I mean we call it patter in English when you get the la Exactly.
1: <laughs>
0: exactly. It's a very typical form we get this, we get the, that great patter duet with the two basses in, uh, in no, Don noi Pasquale. Siamo
1: divertiti stasera a fare delle frasi sempre più lunghe.
0: Sì. Perché non ha,
1: oggi non ho preso mai fiato, no? <ride> <ride> e poi, e poi anche ho notato, diciamo che ogni sera c'è qualche piccola variazione, no? Che, ma sì. che eh, Rossini, altrimenti non è divertente. Mm-hmm. No? Sì, sì. Bisogna, bisogna, il pubblico poi gradisce, no? Perché ci sono anche quelli che seguono tutte le repliche yeah. e tu devi, devi dare qualcosa di diverso Sì. sì. Cioè, yeah. È importante.
0: Certo, certo. We were laughing because Carlo said, it's very important to practice in long phrases because there's no time to breathe. And in fact, that night, he didn't breathe at all. (laughs) He also said that every performance he does something slightly different. Otherwise, Rossini isn't much fun. So it's important to change things up with every repetition because the audience follows it better when you do that. (laughs) Okay, so when you practice this, do you again go back to doing it slowly the the way Javier said about learning coloratura or... How how do you go about practicing getting the language to but, go that fast?
1: The language well, is
2: For him it's very easy because he speaks yeah. Italian.
1: Well, he speaks in French, but if I sing in Exactly! Yeah. Osmin. Osmin. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But I think, I think also no. for Javier as a Spanish speaker it's probably just easier for you too as yeah, well. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, First of all, I think the most important thing for me that I'm not Italian uh, it's to really understand what's going on. What are you saying? And, and mm-hmm. l- really, really understand the words, because then it's easier. Because then you have like, you, like this motive to ah okay, I'm singing this because it's happening this, and, and I'm saying this 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 this, 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 and then you that you are very conscious of what you are saying. It's just a matter of learn the right words, because actually you repeat a thousand times, a thousand times the same, the same. Five six words. Uh-huh. You know, like the finale from the first uh, from the first sopra qual va and you repeat that thousand times. Then you have to at the beginning learn really really well words and then you organize it with the i think it's easier when you organize it together with the music and then you have a very uh, logic uh, phrase mm-hmm. e poi
1: è importante anche dare un fraseggio all'interno no perché se dici ma sì sì uh, cioè, essere meccanici prima essere meccanici per assicurarsi diciamo la che l'esecuzione sia corretta exactly. e poi dopo mettere un fraseggio, mettere le virgole, mettere diciamo le intenzioni. Yeah. Altrimenti diventa tutto uguale, non non yeah. è che dobbiamo leggere nell'elenco del telefono, no?
0: Exactly. I I can see. I I can
1: see.
0: Yeah. It's also important to find the internal phrases. First, learn it mechanically so that you have security in the execution, then put in the phrases, the commas, the intentions. If you don't, then everything sounds like you're reading from the telephone book, even in Rossini. Well, and then, but how important is it then when it gets that going that fast to get volta, per all esempio, of it, those, those double consonants, to get all the double language, the, the real language, the closed vowels and all of that? Is, can you get all of that at speed too? To get these double consonants and.
1: Well, what do you say? 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 you do you say? vuoi ricchezza vuoi ricchezza bellezza bellezza, vuoi amore vuoi vuoi ti consola trovi tutto in questa sola trovi tutto in questa sola è una donna è una donna è una donna singolare cioè dopo se ci devi divertire
0: non puoi ripetere
1: due volte la stessa cosa senza dare nessun significato eh, diciamo intellettivamente valido
2: your daily exercises daily 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 exercises exercises. no you made the, the vocalizzi and you know the way you warm up even even so you can Pick up some parts of, of of some coloratura and make a vocalism from that. For me, it, it worked of, uh, most of all for this chromatic coloratura in in, in the in the Sevilla. Yeah. And this chromatic, I made some. Yeah
0: as a warm-up. Yeah, like, so like like yeah. You
1: can take one piece of uh, difficult uh, vocalize and to do like an exercise. Yeah. And to and do try. it in all the tonalities, for yeah. example. Yeah. that's very, very useful. Yeah. Because
0: yeah. mm. you work then up to the pitch yes. that you wanted to get to, yes. too. Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: We, yeah. we, you don't have to do always the same vocalize. You know? It depends on what are you going to sing. Yeah. Exactly. If you find something difficult, you, you take this part and use like an exercise. Yeah for practice
2: even more exactly <laughs> yeah exactly and in another context because sometimes uh, i mean when you are beginning to study something and, and, and in viewer don't have these long years of experience when you're working you know this these roles and everything when you you find yourself in this in this area and, and in this you know in the notes and you see oh my god you have to go to a or oh god it's, it's a c and <laughs> And and and, uh, but you are you are you know I I think sometimes it's something psychological I don't know because you say oh my God it's very high very high very high but but sometimes you are singing this in in a vocalize yeah and you go even maybe a little bit higher mm-hmm. and you don't realize and you don't even know it yeah yeah
1: una cosa importante che si può imparare anche dall'orchestra no? quando ci sono le quartine mm-hmm. è cercare di mettere l'accento non soltanto sulla prima nota di ogni quartina ma anche sull'ultima sul, sul sulla quarta sulla quarta battuta della quartina precedente mm-hmm.
0: so sì, questo è,
1: è, è una tecnica orchestrale non è una tecnica vocale però insegna insegna a non essere a essere comunque in tempo
0: mm-hmm.
1: E quindi, diciamo, alla fine funziona come un treno, capito? Se tu acc- metti degli accenti e ti abitui anche a spostare questi accenti qualche volta, no? In modo da vedere, insomma, in che modo, in che modo devi leggere la frase. Perché non è che sono tutte uguali, sono tutte scritte nello stesso modo. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I love that Javier talks about learning the coloratura slowly and working your way up for speed, and I will add to that. Never underestimate the help of a metronome in your practicing. Very few singers seem to own a metronome, which I think is very sad. Especially for coloratura, there's really no better way to have a completely clean, inflexible beat than by practicing with a metronome. So the next time you practice, check out the metronome marking, and then put the metronome on, and see how close to the beat you can stay. You can also put it on slowly and notch up the tempo. As many of us always say, If you can't sing it slowly, you won't be able to sing it fast. Notice too that Javier says it's important to make sure you know what you're talking about, and to start from the words. Many singers forget the words to our own national anthem. Why? Because more often than not, we sing it by rote, never actually thinking about the words. So when we get into a stressful situation, it's easy to go up on the words. When it comes to patter in other languages, people just tend to memorize sounds in a row, and that doesn't stick as well. Notice how interesting it was when Carlo put inflection into that patter. Even while staying completely in tempo, you can hear that he's interested and you understand what he's talking about. So as I always say, start slowly, learning it as a monologue first, and don't add the music until you're already very comfortable with the text, and you'll be amazed how quickly you have it memorized, and how much more quickly you can do it up to tempo. Our next guest is conductor Henrik Nanashi, the first Kapellmeister at the Staatstheater am Gärtnerplatz in Munich, who also has quite a bit of bel canto opera in his repertoire. We talked about cadenzas and a little about bel canto style in general. I was wondering, as a conductor, what are the important things when a singer sings a cadenza and they have to bring the orchestra back in? Are there any sort of tricks that you look for that, that help the conductor bring the, singer, bring the orchestra back in at the end of a cadenza?
4: Yeah, it has to be uh, just very convincing from the singer.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: They, they have to show when they want to come to the end. For example, a Gilda cadenza, you mm-hmm. know. With a high notes and no, it's a long cadenza. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now it's. A, and when? And exactly. <laughs> It's very easy, if yep. if, if, you know, you it's the very hair. difficult if the, um, when this note note in the luft state yeah. and nothing happens. If the note just and stands I know in many air, yeah. singers who are like this, they yeah. sing it and, and they look, look at you and I, know, and I look back, and I like, "Why well, you looking at me? You, you do this. I, mean, I have nothing to do with it."
0: Yeah, until you start coming down, yeah, I can't bring you down. <laughs> you, you have
4: to do it. And I, you know, I had so many difficulties in my life. With I have, I have made a lot of bel canto operas, Maria Stuarda, and I don't know all that stuff, and Norma, and and uh, if you uh, and the bad singers want to be led and you know it's not only the cadenzas it's, it's the whole style of canto. no they have to have the personality the voice and the will to lead yeah and we are the role of the conductor and the role of the orchestra is se- secondary so they have to make it and it, it's, it's the most beautiful thing canto, if it's like that if it works like that if you have to but it's those singers who lead and if it, and it's the most boring thing of the world if you, if you don't have that you had nothing! <laughs> <laughs> and the singer uh, is looking at you uh, and, <laughs> You know, uh, but you have to go... Uh, it's like... It's like if you play Chopin, for example. You have the, the, the link hand and the the right yeah. hand and... Actually, the, the, the two hands should be... Um, Independent. So the, the uh, it's practically like singing. Uh, the I don't know what uh, yeah. the the linker hand is the orchestra. Yeah. Yeah. The,
0: uh, le, the left. Because hand. you know, at yeah,
4: Berlin and Donizetti, the orchestra doesn't match too much more than the linker hand ah, yeah. Either, yeah. in a, yeah. by, uh, chuk, so, and So and then the right hand is the singer. Yeah. And it it, it is like I don't know what. Yeah, I play something. I
0: Yeah. So you have a melody on top of just an accompaniment.
4: And then, then but this is what leads yeah. the melody. And, and now so. this, it cannot lead. What is it? It's nothing. It's
0: right. Nothing. And so the singer has to take that role. And,
4: and if somebody's in not able opera. to do it, the music doesn't work at all. You have to fill really every note with life. Otherwise, it doesn't work. The counter doesn't work. It has to. Every note has to ha- have its, its its meaning, and that's why uh, you you need the, the the biggest personalities yeah to, to sing bel of. and that's why these were the, all the divas, the Kalas and cabaye and I don't know who. Where you, you hear every note if you hear the norma, for example, from Kalas and I mean it's not I mean not the arias, the duetos, the recitative yeah i never forget I, I the first time i did not studied norma and I saw the, uh, the the full score and page after page with these recitatives with two or f- three records and nothing and nothing and I, say, I can't i don't know how to how to m- make a story um uh and and about how she sings this right rec- every word has a meaning
0: mm-hmm.
4: Every every single sentence has, has has tells the story, tells the character of the of, of the role. Yeah, and every breath, it like you so, were saying, and how she used the coloraturas. It was never just oh, I can sing coloraturas and high notes. No, it has always had a something very exciting. Yeah, she sang the Lucia. It was always it was not just ah, the the, the famous mad scene and everyone. Wants to hear it with the flute? No, it was a, it was a it was a battle with the flute. It was a, it was ups and downs. It was really uh, exciting, and that's what it can be beautiful. I love bel canto, but you need the best singers.
0: So your challenge in bel canto is to be one of those great artists who can lead the orchestra. One of the things that I'd learned many years ago from Cal Stuart Kellogg was that the conductor didn't become a standard part of the orchestra until 1857, so who was in charge? When I ask this, most people answer me with the harpsichordist, some people say concertmaster, but who's controlling the concertmaster? The singer. This is where starting from the text is absolutely essential, because as Henrik, Javier, and Carlo all said, There's meaning in every word, in every syllable, in every coloratura, and this creates the shaping of the phrase that shows the orchestra where you're headed. So let's just be really pedantic for a sec. We talked about cadenzas, and Henrik said you have to lead the conductor back in. But what shows the conductor that you're about to come off that penultimate note? There are a few options. The two that I suggest most often are either to start a portamento coming down, or to increase the speed of the vibrato just before you want to come down, or both together. The important thing to remember with portamenti is that they have three essential rules. They must be very late, very fast, and they must have vibrato. No slurps. Slurping is my word for scooping and sliding from note to note. So if you want to do a portamento, wait until the last possible second, come down fast, and make sure it shakes. Otherwise, it's a slide, not a portamento. And some people will object to me using the phrase speed up the vibrato, because they'll say, and probably rightly so, that you shouldn't try to control vibrato. If you prefer to think of it this way, you can say increase the resonance on that note, or crescendo a little just before the end. You'll hear a lot of tenors do this at the end of a high note, and it can be very exciting. And then with the portamento down to maintain that legato, the audience goes nuts. And the conductor knows when you want to come down, which is the most important thing. Our next guest is American conductor Eric Nielsen. In the summer of 2008, he stepped in at Tanglewood to conduct the rise and fall of the city Mahagonny in place of James Levine. Eric is a Kapellmeister at the Opera House in Frankfurt and just conducted the world premiere Dresden version of Henze's opera Gisela. Next month, he'll be making his Metropolitan Opera debut, conducting die Zauberflöte. In the background, you'll probably hear a little noise. That's his dog, Tombly, having her dinner. And it's not the first time you're hearing a pet on the podcast. I think it was episode 18, where my cat, Miss Kitty Fantastico, decided to purr very loudly into the recorder. And I know I left in at least a few of her little motorboats. So are there any things that you notice in general from young performers, young singers starting out in the business, that, that you think they need to know or that's lacking in
3: our education? Uh, let's not underestimate languages. It's one thing I understand to phonetically learn an opera, but believe me, when you get stuck with a magic flute and you have to do the dialogue in German, you're thankful for every der die, das that you've ever learned. <laughs> and uh, you'll use every bit of language that you have, that you've learned.
0: Yeah. yeah. What about in specifically then working with a conductor? Is there anything that that you feel like we're unprepared for
3: it's, it's always a, it, you have to be yourself, and this is very important it 's not about maestro this maestro that it 's not about trying to impress somebody so you get invited back or anything i i I find that sometimes young singers are get maybe the wrong input it 's the best thing to do is be yourself and and just come with a fantastic open attitude and if if the stage director is not really your favorite, it doesn't matter our, our job is just to make it better and and we right. we all have to go to work and um not everyone wants to wake up at ten o'clock in the morning and go to rehearsal uh-huh but um that's part of the thing is just having the right attitude about it,
0: yeah. Right? How about specifically bel canto? Since we're talking about yeah. so much about bel canto in this, are there specific things that, that singers should know how to do in working with a conductor or things that we should realize? Because you know, when we're in school, a lot of times we do scenes. Sometimes we get to do a few operas, but mostly it's about working on the roles and not necessarily mm-hmm. getting used to working with a conductor.
3: Doing bel canto the, um, is, is wonderful music for scenes because it's, it's music that works very well on the piano, but it's very important to learn that when, you, when the orchestra's in the pit, the orchestra simply reacts differently. And that's also a very national thing. Here in Dresden, the orchestra reacts even a little slower. They like to play a little bit behind the beat and things. And so it's, it's not always that magical. You give the upbeat, and there it is. And, and, and I'm, I, I do my cadenza, and I do a scale down, and there's the orchestra. Bam, No know? <laughs> right. And also, I think, for the singer, it's important when they've worked out some ornamentation for something, I notice a lot of young singers generally they have a biological way of approaching timing. They have a certain amount of air and they think I'm going to use all my air and I'm going to wait at the last note and then when I finish with my air then I go on. But this organic pacing is so important that the music often when it sounds organic it's very mathematical. You can yeah. really time it out but that, that I notice. Um, I mean, some singers have it, and some singers have to learn it. Yeah. But everyone has, everyone can do it. hmm And and I I encourage the people who are not so organic in their in their ornamentation to really think about it more mathematically, thinking about bringing in the orchestra um, often maybe the last three notes in a cadenza or something. If it just kind of reaches into the tempo, or is the last note really just a total fermata? A Corona Maximus. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and what, what, how are we doing this? But again, it's not, it's not just about the breath. Now, of course, when the conductor's following the singer well, it's always this feeling of 50-50. Mm-hmm. You're following, you give an upbeat to the orchestra that says, I'm listening to the singer, and we know when it's going to happen. There. We're Either it just happened, or it's going to happen, or whatever else, but we all know how, how it's... Some, some conductors are, are more specific, and it's very, it needs to be right there. And um, they're just being accommodating is worth, it's important to remember, of course, you've got the main role as a singer. You're the diva, whatever. But there are 40, 50, sometimes 60 people in the pit. They're all wanting to play together. Yeah. And, and I think it's important not to forget that. I was just watching a show here in, in Dresden, of watching the Traviata, they had, they had four bases the the main principal base was sitting in the middle right next to the principal cello and they were just like glued together the fourth base at the end of the row was sitting horizontally so, oh, so he could just stare at the at the first bass. and not the conductor no he doesn't need the conductor they're only playing pizzicato all evening, and it's it's that feeling where every note you play is never together. Exactly. <laughs> and so that's a wonderful way to dealing to deal with that pressure of having to you know two and a half hours of playing pizzicato together. Yeah. And and that
0: they look at each other.
3: Yes, they want they want to do it well, and and of course the singer the more organic the more followable you are. The better.
0: Yeah. So, how do we make ourselves
3: followable? This is always the question, isn't it? <laughs> this is the question. It's um, the uh. And I like
0: what you said about organic, because I think yeah. that has a lot to
3: do with it, doesn't it? Absolutely. And it's we just have to understand what. In general, there's a, first of all the portamento is very helpful for the conductor. Mm-hmm. There, there is there is not a question of bad taste in in bel canto. Ba-da-da-da. Every idiot knows when the when the when the tonic is going to come yeah. and we follow and we give the upbeat and the main thing is not to uh, be self indulgent in the mm-hmm. portamento when the upbeat's given then that's it yeah the finish line is right there and we know when when we're ending yeah, yeah.
0: so when you, start, when you start don't hesitate
3: yeah then then it, it, otherwise it's self indulgent Mm-hmm. Um, but for for an ornamentation, if you have ba da da dee da da, or that ba ba da 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 da, or something, all those all those things really think about the tempo. That you you probably it's generally organic. It's generally mathematical in 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 the proportion. And, mm-hmm. uh, so if we have ba da 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 da, you either can lead into it, or you have to slow down. And I think one thing is very important there is sometimes in music there is cola parte mm-hmm. and it generally it's not. <laughs> yeah? But when there is when it is a cola parte, it, it really means that. And I think then it's only the orchestra has to, and with the conductor, you we're following the singer just yeah. dead on. Yeah, Those are very special moments. And I think it's important that in general, though, it's not cola parte. Mm-hmm. We're following, but the singer has to big responsibility.
0: Since Eric had started out by talking about how important languages are, I asked him to embellish on that a little bit.
3: The advantage of being American or being Scandinavian is you have the same amount of work to go in every direction, to do a French opera, to do a German opera, to do an Italian opera. You have to start, you're kind of, let's just say you're at the epicenter, and you, it's, you're equidistant to all the different languages. Yeah. Whereas, if you're Italian, of course, you have a fantastic advantage of doing... The Italian, italian repertoire. Well, of course. <laughs> exactly. But, you have to, in a sense, you have to de italian yourself when you're doing German. Right. You have to go... And so, if, if you're imagining a circle, if you're in the radius, I, I hate I, it sounds so arrogant, but the, Ameri- the English-speaking, the Scandinavian, you're at the middle, and you have to go the same radius to every direction. Whereas... If you're Italian, you might have to go halfway around the circle to get to German. Right. Uh, the Italian might only have to go half, uh, a fourth of the way to get to French opera. hmm Yeah? mm mm-hmm. but, but for that, that English speaking, it's a neutral language, and, and I think that's the advantage of coming from where we come from. It's, right. It's, 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 unfortunately, it's a lot of work, but it, there are always styles that you can learn by osmosis, by, being, by working with the right people. To de- deal with the different styles and the different languages. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a question of turning what feels like a disadvantage into an advantage.
0: Exactly. So you're saying that's one of the, Vorteile, Tyler, one of the advantages. Yeah. Yeah. What are the disadvantages of being an American?
3: Well, the disadvantages is you, anytime you sing German, you'll always be told the E's wrong, the A's wrong, the Schwa's <laughs> wrong. And, and that's the typical American way of singing yeah. German. Right. And that's why it's very important not to be finicky, just put a ton of money aside and be ready to pay the big bucks for the right coaches, um, and a second opinion, a third opinion. It's always valuable. Yeah. Don't learn a Salome or a Ring or whatever any Wagner opera and with one coach. Learn it with three, with four, yeah. and and it's just then you're going to hit If if you if you go to somebody maybe who's who's Austrian. You're going to get wonderful ideas, but you might have some diffic- You might have some run into trouble with pronunciation, whereas you might go to another person and you have the completely opposite problem. You might have no musical ideas, but you have wonderful pronunciation. Yeah. It's it's it is it is just a ton of work. And if if you're willing to do it, it's a lot of, it's very rewarding. But halfway, and this is always a very 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 big problem. The ambition. You want to learn the role. You want to do it, and you do it too quickly. And you get you learn the bad habits, and believe me, if you're doing a a, a scenic rehearsal for an opera and you've repeated a passage ten times, and I'm sitting there as a conductor, and I think, yeah, I wish they'd do this a little bit differently. If I don't open my mouth, I'm done. Right. You know, and Mm -hmm. and I'm I try to be as accommodating as possible in a scenic rehearsal, but I know that when that habit has is set in, it's there. It's too late. It's too late. Yeah yeah you have to work so much, and so it's important to learn the architecture and how how much work and and you know you want to be you want to have it memorized at least three to six months in advance of the first rehearsal, but it's important not to go too fast that once you get that error in there you, you, it's so hard to correct it yeah
0: Eric is completely right once someone has learned mistakes into a role, it makes it almost impossible to fix later it takes considerably less energy to learn something correctly the first time than to have to unlearn a mistake. And even if you have unlearned it, every time you pick up that role, you'll have to remind yourself of that same correction, because I find that, as human beings, we tend to revert to default mode, which is the first thing that we learned. So allow yourself the time to really go through all the steps that we've talked about before to learn music, so that you can iron out those problem areas before you start to sing, It might seem slower in the beginning, but it saves a ton of time in corrections later. I love that Eric said that the best bel canto singing is both organic and mathematical. Music is a mathematical art based on Pythagorean theorems, and most of us have forgotten that. When you think about it, rhythm is just another form of mathematics too. Every note should have a relationship to the notes around it. Most of us have been accused at one time or another of not paying attention to the ritardandi, or, if we do it, then we do it too suddenly and we just break. Remember that there should be an organic feel to it, so use the text or your subtext of the coloratura to inflect that tempo indication. And a lot of people assume that bel canto style means that you can do anything you want to, but remember that there were no conductors yet. How do you get 30 people in the orchestra to play together? Not by expecting them to follow you in the same way that a pianist can. La parte is the phrase composers write to give singers a little more license, but even then there should still always be some relationship to the rhythm that he's written. And composers seldom write colla parte. Often people think that when there's nothing in the orchestra, it's an assumed colla parte. This is not necessarily the case. It's a matter of really looking at the score, not just copying your favorite recordings or the rhythm that you remember from having heard it. The best, or worst, example of this, although it's not bel canto, is Puccini. We've all heard those arias so often before that we all assume we know how they go. Most sopranos are surprised to notice a metronome marking for Musetta's waltz that's considerably faster than they want to sing the aria. As I've said before, I spend a lot of time telling people what's written on the page, so be persnickety, Really study the score and try to build into your role the things the composer wanted. It'll be easier later if the conductor gives you more freedom, and it'll also allow you to figure out who the character is the way the composer envisioned them. That's all for today. If you'd like to know more about Javier Camarena, Carlo Lepore, Henrik Nanashi, and Eric Nielsen, or if you have any questions or comments for me, Ellen Rissinger, please visit the blog at www.thedictionpolice.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back mid-January with brand new episodes, including some for check. Meanwhile, have a wonderful and blessed holiday season.